Hi, this is Kelsey and Abby with Fairy Tale Fix. We're kicking off our April Fantastic Fun Drive in cahoots with our podcast network, Fantastic Worlds Productions. So making this podcast is a dream come true for us, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly fun to make, and it's been so rewarding to start interacting with this wonderful group of people who love fairy tales as much as we do. It's been mm-hmm. it's been really gratifying, and we feel like we've found our people. Yes, you know? absolutely. But also, did you know uh, making podcasts is really expensive? I did know that. Um <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. But but them, I'm talking to them. I'm talking to the beautiful people listening to this episode. Yes, our website upkeep, hosting fees, audio equipment, editing software, and you know, just our time really add up when it comes to keeping this thing going and we could really use your help with it. But it's not for nothing. If you join, you will get extra content like bonus episodes, our original pilot, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, we do shout-outs on our Listener Tales episodes. Sometimes I write original fiction. Cool swag. You'll be entered to win giveaways, all starting at just $3 per month. And as an extra incentive for signing up for this month, every person who signs up for our Patreon from now until the end of April will get entered to win a gorgeous copy of The Book of Witches by Ruth Manning Sanders. It's one of the editions that is getting newly reprinted by Mab Media, but it's complete with all of the original illustrations by Robin Jacques, uh, in addition to some really great podcast swag. Yeah, it's one of my favorite books from them. It's one of my favorite editions of Ruth Manning Sanders books. And I actually am going to release a bonus episode where I go over one of those stories, The Donkey Lettuce. Mm -hmm. From the Book of Witches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So we've got some great Patreon content for you this month. So follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates. And check out all of our Patreon perks at fairytalefix.cash. Anything you can spare to help us out would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And I also just want to say we totally get it. If you don't have any to spare, times is hard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We absolutely still love you and hope that you continue to listen and keep just making us feel like we've just really found our people on the internet. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. His hair is made of knives. Like a single <laughs> hair can kill His him. His hair, it's actually just a battle axe. I heard from my Aunt Julie this week, and she told me that she left us a review on our Apple Podcasts page, and she was apologizing to me because she's like, I spelled your name wrong. I'm so sorry. I spelled it with a Y like an idiot. Oh, no. (laughs) She's so sweet. She's the best. And uh, she also joined our Patreon. I know. That's so cool. Thank you so much, Aunt Julie. I Thank you. the luckiest girl in the world. I have the coolest family members. They are super supportive. Yeah, zero of my family members listen to the podcast <laughs> or are on Patreon. But you know, I actually we've already talked about this, but I prefer it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm gonna like say anything bad about my family. I have nothing but love for them. Yeah, I remember feeling that way with my first podcast, with the Fantastic Worlds podcast. I was like, oh my God, I hope no one I know (laughs) ever, ever finds this. I mean, it's not that I'm not proud of it, but it's definitely like a version of myself that I am, you know, it's with you. It's my relationship with you, not other people. So Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit sillier giggling constantly you're the best version (laughs) exactly (laughs) i get it yeah it makes sense to me i also found out my aunt has started stanning this podcast to all of her friends too oh i love that in addition to aunt julie i want to say hi martha i don't think we've ever met i can't remember if we have i'm really sorry but also you sound great thank you so much for listening to the podcast
My mom really likes you. This is wonderful. Thank you for listening. Welcome. I mean, thank you to everyone who is listening. Sincerely. I, we actually got an email from a listener in Germany, mm, uh, which mm-hmm. was so cool. She translated a couple of fairy tales for us. So that'll be coming out in a listener tales episode. Yes. Soon. If it hasn't already. By a- by April? We will have done another one by April. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that one will come out on the 8th. This one comes out on the 13th. Yeah. So you've already listened to it, dear yep. listeners. But it's it's Martha. so exciting to have a listener from Germany. Just um, yes, especially because you know we I we tell so many brothers Grimm's fairy tales. It's really cool to have a listener from Germany. So Anita, thank you for listening to this show and writing to us and translating things for us and being my favorite German person, <laughs> hands down. Yep, of all time. Of all time, 100%. You're <laughs> Thank the best. you. Yeah, it's so cool. I hope that every person who writes into us who is from the original culture of the stories that we're sharing is equally gracious. <laughs> yes, and kind. About it. Yeah, it's always very scary, especially when, you know, it's um, folk tales and fairy tales that, you know, aren't necessarily ours to tell. Mm-hmm. But I think they're important to hear and talk about. And they're so good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's one of the best parts about folklore and fairy tales is learning about other cultures through Mm -hmm. these stories. Just really opens up up your world and the kinds of things that you think about. And exposes you to new forms of storytelling and new character archetypes. And Mm -hmm. I just it's really it's just really important, like knowledge to have about the world around you. Yeah, and we we studied anthropology, so that's just our jam. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really like about it is, and it's what I loved about anthropology as well, is I love all the differences between all these cultures, but I also love that they're also so similar. Yeah, that there are a lot of through lines. They're so human, and so there's yeah. humor and sadness, and it's just it's so much fun. I agree. Like, and go go figure. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> go figure. People, people are people. Well, sometimes I genuinely forget because I think we tend to talk about how different we all are mm-hmm. a lot, which is also important. And, and it's it's very important to to discuss that and understand what are, what what our differences are and where they come from. And important to be respectful when people tell you how they're different from you. But but I also think that something to keep in mind is like people people do be people. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, all over the place. And you can really see that in, in a lot of folk legends. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of my first anthropology classes that got me into anthropology, I think this was before I chose my major. Um, it was really fun. You know, we were watching a movie about a tribe in Africa. I have no idea what it was. I mean, there's like a thousand <laughs> tribes in Africa. Africa's a big place. <laughs> it's real big. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, and there's also like a thousand tribes and cultures in New Guinea, who's, which is not a big place. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. But um, it was, so it's a movie we're watching and it's really cute because they all, you know, they look so different because of what they wear, where they live. You know, they live in huts. They, you know, don't wear tops. They wear kind of like grass skirts or something. Mm-hmm. And. It's there's a great part where like these adults are doing drugs and they're all giggling and like <laughs> and the whole class was like kind of cracking up because it's like yeah that's same like that's exactly what we do too we're college students I recognize like, this yeah <laughs> like they're hanging out sitting around a fire doing drugs like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just having a grand old time it was really fun and I love that but yeah it was me. I, love I have no so idea much. if that's a good story to keep in, but it was so like... I think it's a great story. It made me love... It was one of the beginning parts of what made me love anthropology. It was just, mm-hmm. you know... Like, I want to know more about this. Yeah, yeah. I want to find the book that it was in so that I can do it justice. But my first introduction to wanting to study anthropology specifically mm-hmm. was a book where someone was... I think she was... It was an anthropologist who was visiting the Maasai people. Mm-hmm. They tell stories during the rainy season, mm-hmm. since that's kind of all there is to do. And they asked her to tell a story, and she was currently reading Hamlet. 
And so she told them the story of Hamlet and they both had such wildly different interpretations of the story. Oh yeah. That's so fun. Which is, which is so fun. So I, I need to find that and double check it because I read that when I was 20 and not necessarily thinking about any of the ways in which it was potentially problematic. Um, uh-huh. So I need, I need to reread it and see if it holds up as, as a story that's actually cool. Yeah. I remember just really having my mind absolutely blown by yeah. the idea that there could be two and different interpretations of Hamlet. Definitely. <laughs> and that, of course, like that would completely vary mm-hmm. depending on what your values were as a culture. Stupidly, it makes me think of How I Met Your Mother because I just finished watching it. And how uh, Barney thinks the blonde kid from the Karate Kid (laughs) is the good guy in that story. The good guy. (laughs) God damn it. I can't remember his name. William Zabka. Yes, Billy Zabka. (laughs) And he's like, he was the Karate Kid. (laughs) He was the Karate Kid. (laughs) I mean, that's, oh, an analogy. That's what I was trying to think of. It was a terrible analogy. But. No, that's a hilarious analogy. I, I totally forgot about that. That is so honestly, yes, kind of, kind of the same thing. Of depending on what your values are, yeah, you can have a totally different interpretation of a of a story. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh boy, that is so fun. Okay, um, I think this is a good segue into getting into it. Yes, speaking of fairy tales, that aren't necessarily ours to tell, but are freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also speaking of how the world is a very, very diverse place, I want to talk to you a little bit about China. So I am reading to you today, The Demon King and Other Festival Folktales of China. Awesome. This is a very, very cool book. Uh, It's retold by Carolyn Han, translated by Jay Han, and illustrated by Li Ji. And it has just the most gorgeous illustrations throughout. With a name like the Demon King. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Yeah. um, And that's just one of the stories that are in here. I think there are five Mm -hmm. stories total from different groups in China that have a cool festival. Um, So I just want to talk to you a little bit about um, sort of China in general to sort of set the scene for this book. The author wrote that uh, China is a country of incredible diversity. The majority of its people, so like about 93% of of Chinese people are Han Chinese. That's the predominant ethnic group in China. Mm -hmm. And the remaining 7% uh, make up the 55 national minority groups that live within the borders. So there are a bunch of different people that live in China, um, mm-hmm. like lots and lots of different ethnic groups. And these vast numbers of people account for the immense variation in language, custom, religion, art forms, food, dress, and festivals. And so the stories in this book are five stories from smaller ethnic groups that live in China. Ordinarily, not who we think of when we think of Chinese people or the kinds of Chinese folktales that we typically see Mm -hmm. in Western lore. So I also really appreciate what Carolyn wrote in her preface, which was, when we listen to the stories, legends, and folktales and learn more about who the minority people are and what they believe – we begin to understand them. We learn to respect their differences and possibly see that we share some similarities. Ultimately, we learn that we all share a very small planet inhabited by many interesting and unique people. As we learn about other people and why they celebrate their festivals, we are encouraged to ask questions about our own celebrations. In this way, we may explore our past and see ourselves from new perspectives. We didn't even plan that. (laughs) No, I know. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) we had not talked about this before our conversation about our different but similar small world (laughs) yeah and and our conversation just naturally went in that direction i was very excited it's with that kind of in mind that this book Mm -hmm. was that's really beautiful i love that i think so too before we actually get to the story itself, I think it would be fun to tell you about the festival first okay. and then see if you can guess correctly what sort of story inspired this festival. 
Okay. I'm really excited. Um, I've Abby told me that she wanted to do something based on the Water Splashing Festival. I hadn't heard of it, and I decided to not look it up, and I wanted you to tell me about it. I'm so glad that you waited to look it up. <laughs> um, it is so cool, and now I get to tell you this story without uh, you being spoiled about mm-hmm. it. So this is the Water Splashing Festival of the Dye people, and they live in a region called Zhishuangbana, which is the autonomous dye prefecture in southern China, and it's right on the border of Laos and Myanmar. Okay. And the festival itself is usually like a three-day affair held in mid-April. This year, it's April 13th to 15th. And it's celebrated on the banks of the Langkang River, and it marks the dye people's New Year celebration. And that's today. When this episode comes out. Oh, first. yeah. This, so today, if you're listening, the day this episode drops is the first day of the Water Splashing Festival. They also, this is an open festival, by the way. Outsiders are welcome to come, which is definitely on my bucket list is something I want to do because this festival sounds really cool. Absolutely. So there's usually a big outdoor market with food, crafts, masked dances, singing. And then they do a dragon boat race on the river during the first two days. And then lanterns get floated on it at night. It sounds pretty. It does sound pretty. But the big day, the climax of the festival is on the third day. And on that day, uh, the dye put on their newest and best clothes. And they go to the local Buddhist temple. And the monks do some chanting. They chant some Buddhist scriptures. And then afterwards, they symbolically splash a Buddhist statue with water. According to the article I read, it's called the ritual is called bathing the Buddha, and it serves as a signal that encourages ordinary mortals to themselves engage in mutual water splashing once they've finished bathing the Buddha. Mm-hmm. So people flock to the streets with pots, pans, bottles, and they uninhibitedly splash spray and completely douse each other with water for religious fun. purification. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also for uh, as a gesture of goodwill among people, like mm-hmm. it, you're supposed to like splash your neighbor, splash your grandparents, splash your kids, splash your friends, spl- like splash any f- strangers toward whom you have a good feeling mm-hmm. um, because it's it's good luck and you wish that they you wish good luck and prosperity for that person. That's so cool. The more doused in water you are, the more <laughs> good luck has been wished upon you. Nice. Which sounds adorable, and I really just I want to go. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that sounds like a really fun, really fun thing. I got this from a 2021 article about it about the festival. Mm-hmm. This book was written in I think the 1990s, so I, I don't know that its information is totally up to date. The book says that the water splashing starts on the second day. And that the third day also features homemade rockets that are stuffed with small gifts, kind of like a Christmas cracker, but way better. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And that that's essentially it. That's that's the festival. So I want you to give me three predictions for the Demon King, which is the story that is the the legend behind why this festival is celebrated. Okay. It's so funny because the Demon King sounds like such an ominous title for such a like hopeful and <laughs> happy, kind spirited yeah. festival. <laughs> okay, I want to guess that the water splashing has to do with splashing the Demon King to like ward him off or something. I don't think that's right, but that's where my brain went. I'll take it. So I'm gonna stick with it. And I'm also going to guess, well, it's still a folk tale, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that there is a dragon in the story somewhere. Nice. Okay. (laughs) Because that's what I want. Mm. (laughs) That's what I deserve. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. That's what we all deserve. And I would also like to guess, can I guess that there is a theme of... Some kind of water, like racing, like you mentioned dragon racing. Yeah, dragon boat racing. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, there is a festival that I've heard of that's just the dragon boat races all on its nice. own. It's like a week-long festival. 
Cool. Okay. I know because my bottle manufacturers <laughs> take the week off and they're like, if you want to <laughs> order these, <laughs> do it before these dates. <laughs> China has a lot of those. I kind of love yes. it though. I wish Me we too. did like month long holiday celebration. If, if you sense any bitterness in us, it's because we're wildly jealous. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that there's some sort of water racing. Yeah, that there will be a race on the water. Yes. Great. That's what I'm going to guess. Sensational. I love I'm, it. I love all of your guesses a <laughs> I'm lot. sure it's wrong, but I... Here we go. Let's do it. The Demon King of the Dye, the story of the Water Splashing Festival. Long, long ago in Shishuangbana, a far-off southwestern section of China, there lived a group of people known as the Dai. In those early days, the Dai had a cruel and violent ruler who was hated by all the people. This fierce demon had descended from the 16th level of heaven and brought with him incredible supernatural powers. He did whatever he wanted, took whatever he wanted, with never a thought or concern for those in his kingdom. If he wanted rice and crops, he took them. If he wanted land and livestock, he took them. If he wanted slaves, he took them. The greedy king was never satisfied. He was known throughout the land as the demon king. I also love that there's a 16th level of heaven. I know. <laughs> I want to know more about the levels of heaven. We Yeah, we should, I don't know, see if we can find stories that break it down. Is there like a Dante's Inferno, but for Chinese heaven? It sounds like it. Because that would be cool. <laughs> I, I want to know where the the hound of heaven is in mm-hmm. that scenario. Yeah, which uh which from, level of heaven does the hound of heaven come from? You know, he's got he's got to be in the in the first levels because he butt bit the head off, one of the heads off, the nine-headed bird. <laughs> yeah, 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 cuz he's got he's got to be close-ish. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my guess. I wonder which level the heavenly maiden from the deer and the woodcutter lives. All right. Go on, go on. Okay. So the die are a really gentle and kind people, and they are absolutely just defenseless against the demon king. Uh, nothing in the world seems to be able to destroy him. Water could not drown him. Fire could not burn him. Spears and swords could not penetrate him. He was indestructible. Hmm. And they had to serve this dreadful tyrant because he had crazy powers and he was happy to use them if he was refused. So in keeping with his vile reputation, the demon king stole six of the most beautiful die women to be his wives. Each woman had been taken from her family without their consent and each of them hated him and wanted revenge. Are they going to take him down? You'll see. Because that's um, what I don't want know. <laughs> can you can you see this illustration? Uh huh. Of the demon king and his wives. Yeah, he looks like a genie. A little bit, yeah. He looks like like the illustration makes him look a little bit like a like a djinn. Mm-hmm. Really cool. He's got blue skin, tusks, long black hair. He looks very scurry. Mm-hmm. And there are beautiful die women crouched in fear beneath him, mm-hmm. looking very sad. It's a gorgeous illustration of something very terrible. Are they gonna fuck him up? <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, that's why I love this story so much. Revenge. <laughs> so the greedy demon king was never content with what he had and always wanted more. His inability to be satisfied made him search for yet another wife. But after weeks of hunting through all the villages in the Shishuangbana, he still had not found a new bride. He was really frustrated. He was pretty mad about it. <laughs> the people were starting to get a little worried. <laughs> uh, and they were right, too, because he decided to take his revenge on them that he couldn't find a woman to suit his needs. Wow. He began planning his retaliation. Uh, but first, he needed to return to the palace. And mm-hmm. to return, he had to cross the Langkang River by way of a swaying bamboo bridge. And when he was on the bridge, he saw an enchanted being walking toward him, a princess. <gasps> Ooh. I know. I bet I bet he wants her for his bride, his next what? bride. <laughs> what? Do you, do you think he... Do you think he'll yeah. want to marry her? 
you think he, <laughs> he finally <laughs> figured it out? <laughs> I think he found the woman he wants because this mm-hmm. is uh, what she looks like. Truly the most magnificent woman he had ever seen was directly in his path. She was dressed in a lavender, close-fitting, long-sleeved top and a long, wrapped skirt patterned with circles. A thin, woven silver belt held her skirt around her slender waist. Her shiny black hair was pulled back from her face and fashioned into a loose coil on the side. She did not raise her head to look at the Demon King as they passed, but he could see that her dark, almond-shaped eyes sparkled. Her beauty was beyond compare. Instantly, he knew that he had found a treasure, his seventh wife. She does sound pretty. This woman knows that she's a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. I bet. I bet he chose the wrong bad bitch, though. Uh, he he made a mistake. <laughs> Let's just say he made a horrible mistake. <laughs> there is a huge flaw in this guy's plan, and it's marrying this woman. At once, he orders her to be captured, and Nan Zhengbu, as she is called, was immediately taken to the palace. An auspicious date was set for the wedding to ensure a prosperous, long marriage. The longest day of the year was chosen. Cool. Soon after their wedding, the Demon King realized his new wife not only possessed the most captivating beauty, but also was the most intelligent of all the wives. Because of her outer and inner beauty, she soon became his favorite. Which rude to your yeah wives, it's rude but. to have a favorite <laughs> but he's also the demon king yeah <laughs> <laughs> so probably this guy's you know he's a jerk anyway it's pretty on brand for him to be kind of a <laughs> to be kind of a jerk about it i'm sure they're all beautiful and intelligent <laughs> equally yeah they're all i'm sure they're all very smart you know <laughs> but he's rude so she, like the other six wives, hated the Demon King, mm-hmm. obviously, for obvious reasons. But she's a tricky one. Oh, yeah. Uh, so unlike them, she does not let her true feelings show. Mm-hmm. She pretends to be very fond of him. She like attends to all of his needs, tries to be very pleasing. And she is so believable that he never knows how she really feels. Hmm. Good actress. Yeah. Is Nan Jungbu. I've heard stories of women doing this with their captors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. As a way to trick them into letting them go or into dropping their guard. Mm-hmm. I like it. Exactly that. Mm-hmm. So, one evening, she decides to test the Demon King when he was in an unusually good mood. And she says to him, My lord, everyone knows that you have unlimited powers and nothing can harm you. It's very sexy. (laughs) I love it. You are so strong and I feel so safe with you. If you could grant me one wish, it would be that we could live together forever. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> he's falling for it though mm-hmm. he is delighted by her words and decides to tell her his secret oh he's got a secret he's okay. got a secret yeah and he has very wisely never told this to anyone before but he like many men is all too willing to believe <laughs> beautiful women when they're flattering <laughs> them <laughs> sweet sweet baby <laughs> I like it I, too, am vulnerable, he confessed. I have one fatal flaw, one flaw that no one must know. And she goes, how can that be? You are almighty and (laughs) all-powerful. Surely you're teasing me. (laughs) She's got game. (laughs) If you promise never to tell, I'll confide my secret to you. But you must promise. I want to know the secret. I know. <laughs> tell me, tell me. <laughs> Stepping closer to the Demon King, Nan Zhongbu assured him that she could be trusted with such a secret. He leaned even closer to his wife and whispered in her ear. Kelsey, what do you think his weakness ah, is? I don't know. But <laughs> getting splashed on by water. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good guess. It's a good guess. But you are incorrect. Yeah. You would need to garrot him with it. Yeah. But we'll see what she does. Oh, I want to know. Nan is a very resourceful woman. Mm-hmm. So the very same night, the seventh wife made sure the demon king had an extra cup of sweet rice wine before he retired. <laughs> and when he was fast asleep, she plucked a hair from his head and with it, she cut into his neck. 
his big head fell off and dropped to the floor. And she shouts, it is done. I can tell the others. Okay, so that must have been some pretty thick hair. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like thick and sharp. Like I'm wondering if he has razor wire for hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is a demon king. That is not outside the realm of possibility. I guess not. That's definitely not something I would have guessed. <laughs> no. <laughs> that she would garrote him with his own hair. I wonder if there are more stories out there where, that the theme is a man losing power by having his hair messed with somehow. You know the whole story of like Samson, right? Um, but yes, yeah, mm-hmm. the Samson and Delilah. But that's if his hair gets cut off, not his hair is made of knives. <laughs> a single hair can kill his him. His hair, it's actually just a battle axe <laughs> <laughs> growing out of his head like a ponytail. Growing out of his head. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that seemed way too easy. It did, didn't it? So, <laughs> did that seem too easy? Yeah, it seemed a little too easy. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> well, there is more to the story, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she she shouts like, "It is done!" I can tell the others, and word of the demon king's death spreads quickly throughout Shishuangbana. Everyone is thrilled that his terrible reign has come to an end. They planned parties. They rejoiced. They are so excited that now their lives are going to be happy and peaceful because they're no longer going to be tortured by this king. Mm -hmm. But alas, wherever the head rolls, disaster follows. It rolls on the (laughs) ground and the ground caught on fire. If it rolled into the river, the river boiled and all the fish died. Oh no. Quick, somebody stop that head. (laughs) This guy is still just causing so much trouble, <laughs> even after death. And when the die tried to bury the head mm-hmm. under the ground, the stench was overpowering and nothing would grow there. Huh. So Nan Zhangbu felt that she had no other choice but to hold the head with her hands so that it might not bring grief and disaster to her people. Mm-hmm. Day and night, night and day, she held the head in her hands until she became horribly exhausted. And seeing her plight, the six other wives felt compassion toward her, and each decided to take a turn holding the demon king's head. All seven women took turns and passed the head from one to the other. When the wives rested, they refreshed themselves by pouring and splashing water on each other. With the splashing water, they also washed away the bloodstains and the revolting smell that came from the severed head. So the seven women thus took on the enormous task of tending to the head so that the other die would not be burdened. In celebration and to commemorate the seven brave women who were ready to suffer for the others and in thanks for killing the demon king, the die people held a festival. One of the festival rituals was that people splashed water on each other, not only to imitate the seven die women washing off the demon king's blood, but also to show their respect and shower blessings. People in Xingxuanbana and Dehong continue to this day to hold a water splashing festival, retell the story of the Demon King's death, and honor these seven courageous women. And each year, the Dai pour, splash, and sometimes drench each other in the memory of Nanjiang Bu and the six wives who sacrificed themselves for the good of the Dai people. That was really, really beautiful. I know! I love that so much! Gosh, me too. Such, like, camaraderie and you know yeah and sacrifice mm-hmm. and and just like being a badass yeah absolutely um, playing it smart mm-hmm. i love this story that so was first published in 1941 and it this is a this is a reprint from 1995 mm-hmm. so my mom gave me this book when i was a kid and this was my favorite story in it i remembered vague i've like vaguely remembered it to this day i haven't read it in a while mm-hmm. but uh, i love this story and i have since i was a very small child like it is it, like it is so inspirational i think yeah it absolutely and i love that there's a whole festival dedicated to it and it's super cool bucket list for sure Yes, um, I was just telling Stephen before I came upstairs to record, I want to go to this festival mm-hmm. really badly someday. That's so fun. Yeah. Thank you for telling me that. You're welcome. I don't really have a fix for it. No, no, I don't think so. It's pretty good as is. I think this worked out. Other than I would have liked to know more about the levels of heaven. That was really cool. Yes. Or a lot of these Chinese fairy tales have just little bits and pieces to the story where it's just kind of a passing note and I'm like, oh, that 
I, I need that whole story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like, where do I find more information about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I would love, like, we, we need to find um, the Chinese version of Dante's Inferno and read that <laughs> so that we can know what all 16 or more levels of heaven are all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but as for as for this story itself, like, I think uh, I think it's pretty perfect. Well, I I absolutely love that. I definitely did not get any points. I could see an argument where they're splashing water on the woman carrying the demon king's head. Yeah, so but it was kind of splashing water. I on was him, thinking but... more like a weapon, like his weakness. So, yeah, definitely not what I had intended. But that was a beautiful story. Yeah. I definitely don't have a fix for that. Yep. I think it's pretty perfect as is. I genuinely love this story too much to have had very many funny comments about it either. So I I apologize to our listeners if that was kind of different than our usual thing. <laughs> um, but I generally I genuinely find like the 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 prose of it really beautiful. So mm-hmm. I also just kind of read you the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> pretty straight. But uh I just I love this story very much. It wasn't like a, a what the fuck fairy tale. It was this is awesome fairy tale. <laughs> I, I could only come up with like a few jokes about it. They were very lackluster because it was just a great story. Because it's, yeah, because it's legitimately just a really cool story. Yeah. A lot okay. of them are going to be like that, I'm sure. So, no, I okay. thought it was awesome. That maybe that makes me feel a lot better because I was like, like, did I like just like, I don't know. No, it was wonderful. <laughs> I feel kind of bad it, that I didn't it make more jokes. You know, like a fucked up story, which is fine because mm-hmm. a lot of them are like that. Yeah, that like things happen that don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But this story made sense for what it was. If you accept the premise that a demon king descended from heaven and that you can cut his head off with a hair. Yeah. Then like the rest of the story actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was really pretty. All about camaraderie and bravery and fucking like strong women and helping each other out (laughs) you know that's something that i forgot to mention as part of why i love that story so much is that it is about like also just women cooperating with each other and helping Mm -hmm. each other and i just really appreciate the solidarity with the other women who had also been harmed by him yes yeah like they're all helping each other out and taking care of each other Mm -hmm. and uh sacrifice that was the term you use that I really love. They're just basically sisters now, it sounds like. And it's nice Mm -hmm. that there's a festival dedicated to, you know, their sacrifice. Yeah. And to them, like, yeah, taking on taking on this burden Mm -hmm. collectively and not just leaving just one person to suffer. Yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's such a good story. I, I love it. I love it so much. And also, like, I love a tricky I love a tricky main character. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) So smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually I chose a couple of shorter Chinese fairy tales as well uh, from my book Chinese fairy tales and legends. It's what my absolute actually like my Excellent. favorite fairy tale book so far. Even yes. though I will say I've gotten a lot of new books recently. Our editor and producer Dustin bought me a couple of books that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. And then of course I bought some. So. Yeah, it's funny because um, Adam, libraries. Adam's like, are you going to run out of fairy tales? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> like, how long can your podcast go? There's only so many, right? And I'm just like, oof. <laughs> there are so many. It is the best. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he is right. There are only so many, but there are enough that we could do this podcast. <laughs> Every day for the next hundred years, and I, and then maybe we would start, uh huh, like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, <laughs> I think what's what we might find eventually is that there's a lot of shorter ones, so we'll probably just do you know a couple of fairy tales. So this mm-hmm. first one I'm going to read you is actually just one page. Okay, so I'm only going to let you do one prediction. Okay, because it's literally one page. <laughs> <laughs> and Fair. it's like a small page. <laughs> okay. That reminds me of uh, when I did the um why the why the bear is stumpy tailed story. Mm-hmm. It was it was like two paragraphs. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this one's three. And I chose this one because it's you know, just into spring. It's mid-April. Um 
So it's fitting for this story. And also it makes me think of Abby. Totally makes me think of you. When I read it, I was like, oh, this is, Abby's going to love this one. So it's called The Dragon After His Winter Sleep. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. What am I going to, what do I think happens when the dragon comes out of his winter sleep? I guarantee you're going to love it. Oh my God. My brain broke a little bit. Okay. What do I want? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? I I mean, I want everything. I like dragons. Dragons. And it's a Chinese dragon. Those are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Okay. Um, hmm. When the dragon comes out of his winter sleep, he is going to discover that something has changed in his environment drastically since okay. he went to sleep. Okay. And and I, I'm not talking like a seasonal change because obviously if he's waking up in the spring, it's a different mm-hmm. season. I'm talking like something else has dramatically <laughs> changed. Okay. And he's wa- he's waking up to like a, a totally different experience. All right. Of some sort. I'll take it. Before I read it, it has a little paragraph in the beginning that says, the Chinese believe dragons sleep during the winter and wake up when the first spring storm comes. The scholar in the story is quietly reading. What is it that interrupts him? (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) I really love how this book has some history before the story. And it also has just little, not a spoiler, but like a little hint. Oh, man. I am probably so wrong, but I am so excited (laughs) to find out how. (laughs) Okay. Once there was a scholar who was reading in the upper story of his house. It was a rainy, cloudy day and the weather was gloomy. Suddenly, Mm -hmm. he saw a little thing that shone like a firefly. It crawled up on the table and wherever it went, it left traces of burns curved like the tracks of a rainworm. Gradually, it wound itself about the scholar's book and the book too grew black. Then it occurred to him that it might be a dragon. So he oh. carried it out of the doors on the book. There, he stood for quite some time, but it sat uncurled without moving in the least. It's reminding me of like when I try to rescue spiders. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> also, I love that it's like tiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really surprised that it's like a, a like little a firefly. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Then the scholar said, it shall not be said of me that I was lacking in respect. (laughs) With these words, he carried back the book and once more laid it on the table. Then he put on his ceremonial robes, made a deep bow, and escorted the dragon out on it again. No sooner had he left the door than he noticed that the dragon raised his head and stretched himself. Oh, Okay, just had to. You had to just be proper about it. You can't. You can't just take me outside <laughs> like some common spider. <laughs> it is not a spider. That's exactly right. <laughs> then he flew up from the book with a hissing sound, like a radiant streak. Once more, he turned around toward the scholar, who saw that his head had only grown to the size of a barrel, while his body mm. must have been at full fathom in length. The dragon gave one more snaky twist. Then there was a terrible crash of thunder, and the creature went sailing through the air. Yeah. The scholar went back inside and looked to see which way the little creature had come, and he could follow his tracks hither and thither to the chest of his books. <gasps> oh, no. The end. <laughs> <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> he went to the, oh, no. What's he going to do to his book? I well the dragon no that's where he was so the dragon was sl- sleeping or like hibernating oh. in his bookshelf <laughs> Isn't that so cute? That is so cute. And I love that like he he gets like large in size like he starts mm-hmm. off like this tiny little, little firefly little, size and like then just firefly. like wakes up and is like bye. Bow. <laughs> but first he's like no no Bow to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me the respect that such a magnificent creature is due. Yeah. And then I'll leave. It shall not be said of me that I was lacking in respect. I love this mm-hmm. guy. It totally made me think of you because of like the dragon hiding in the books. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God. My dream. My right? dreams. 
so cute. I love I that. love that so much. <laughs> if any dragon is just listening, I don't know if dragons listen to podcasts. If they do, <laughs> you are more than welcome to hibernate on my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Come anytime. I don't have ceremonial robes, but I will bow a lot. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. I will do this. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I love the idea of a dragon hibernating. Hell yes. That is adorable. And like a tiny dragon hibernating in books. That is and so leaving, cute. Leaving like little scorch marks. <laughs> cute, cute, All right. That cute. was really cool. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> Thank All right. You. This next story is called... and. I love this title so much. How three heroes came by their deaths because of two peaches. <laughs> so this one is about two pages long. Um, so go ahead and give me two predictions. Two predictions. For okay. How three heroes came by their deaths because of two peaches. I'm pulling a little bit from a Garden of Eden thing, I guess. But mm-hmm. there is a tree And it is forbidden to eat the peaches that grow from the tree. And two of these guys are going to eat the peaches anyway. That's prediction one. Okay. And prediction two, the guy that doesn't die becomes a very rich man. Wait, I'm going to to read the title again. How three heroes came by their deaths because of two peaches. Oh, okay. They all die. Okay. Sorry. Three heroes, two peaches. No, I totally... (laughs) I my my listening comprehension skills are really bad tonight. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay, hang on. Okay, that might change my first prediction because I was I was thinking like two of them die. Yeah, yeah, like two heroes and three peaches. Or okay, yeah. <laughs> that is a lot less straightforward as far as guessing goes. Well, okay. Um, there is a tree, and it is forbidden to eat the peaches on it. I'm going to keep that. Mm-hmm. And my second prediction is. They die fighting each other. That's it. Okay. (laughs) I was waiting for you to finish. I was like, (laughs) I'm trying to get, I am trying to get less specific with my predictions. You are pretty specific with your predictions, huh? Yeah. I've been noticing over the past (laughs) few, several, all of our episodes that I make really specific predictions and then sometimes part of it's right but part of it's wrong so I'm trying I am trying to get like a little vaguer so like I said this book Chinese fairy tales and legends has these cool little paragraphs beforehand Nice. so this one says yes the title of the story does rather give away the plot but it's a colorful tale of heroism and honor. And what's interesting is not so much what happens as how it happens. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. Yeah, I remember before I read this one, I was actually trying to come up with predictions myself and it definitely mm. wasn't what I expected. So, Okay, I am Without excited. Without further ado. Um, and um, there's a lot of names in this story. Um, so I definitely apologize if I pronounce anything wrong. I looked up as much as I could, but a lot of the names have only two or three or one letter. So -hmm. you can't really look up how to pronounce it that I could find. Mm -hmm. So I did try. (laughs) If we have any like helpful listeners who speak Chinese. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let us know. Please let us know. (laughs) At the beginning of his reign, Duke Jing of Tsai loved to draw heroes about him. Among those whom he attached to him were three of quite extraordinary bravery. Okay. So he just likes to fill his court with heroes. Oh, yeah. I mean, who sure. doesn't? What Duke of doesn't? Course. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> the first was named Gung Sun Saya, the second, Tian Kai Yang, and the third, Gu Yi Tsai. Okay. Those are our heroes, Gung, Tian, and Gu. They sound great. All three were highly honored by the prince, but the honor paid them made them presumptuous, and they kept the court in a turmoil and overstepped oh. the bounds of respect which lie between a prince and his servants. Oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Do we get do we get like stories about what they do? That's yes. so rude. That's the yes. best. We find out why they're heroes, and it's pretty great. Okay. All right. So. At the time, Yan Tsai was a chancellor of Tsai. So that's his chancellor, Yan. Okay. The the duke consulted him as to what would be the best to do. 
and the chancellor advised him to give a great court banquet and invite all of his courtiers. Okay. On the table, the choicest dish of all stood a platter holding four magnificent peaches. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Very upset. (laughs) Okay, go on. I mean, they, so I guess these are very, you know, peaches are very delicious as we all know, but. Peaches are delicious. Kind of a big deal. Are they kind of like a rare delicacy? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and in accordance with his chancellor's advice, the Duke rose and said, here are some magnificent peaches, but I cannot give one to each of you. Only those most worthy may eat of them. I myself reign over the land and am the first among the princes of the empire. I have been successful in holding my possessions in power, and that is my merit. Hence, so one I of the get a peach. Falls to me. Exactly. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Sai sits here as my chancellor, and he regulates communications with the foreign lands and keeps the peace among the people. He's made my kingdom powerful among the kingdoms of the earth. That is his merit. So he gets the next peach. Sounds fair. So there's only two peaches left. Oh, no. So the Duke says, I cannot tell which ones among you are the worthiest. You may rise yourselves and tell us of your merits. But whoever has performed no great deeds, let him hold his tongue. Hell yeah. Everybody shut up. Everybody tell me why you deserve this peach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then Gung Sun Zaya beat upon his sword, rose up and said, I am the prince's captain general. In the south, I besieged the kingdom of Lu. In the west, I conquered the kingdom of Zin. In the north, I captured the army of Yan. All the princes of the east come to the duke's court and acknowledge the overlordship of Zai. That is my merit. I do not know whether it deserves a peach. And the Duke replied, great is your merit. A peach is your just due. Oh, okay. I mean, he's not going to listen to all of them before he makes his decision, but yeah, I mean, there's only two peaches left. So I feel like every courtier should have a chance to say their piece before you decide (laughs) if they get a peach or not. But he's just going for it. He's just going for it. I mean, it's his court. He can do what he wants. (laughs) Then Tian Kai Yang rose, beat on the table, and cried, I have fought a hundred battles in the army Mm -hmm. of the prince. I have slain the enemy's general in chief and captured the enemy's flag. I have extended the borders of the Duke's land till the size of his realm has been increased by a thousand miles. How is it with my merit? And the Duke said, it doesn't seem it doesn't sound as good as the that first guys. I gotta I gotta say. Like that just doesn't sound as impressive. It kind of sounds like they did the same thing-ish, but the first guy did more. <laughs> well, the Duke is impressed. Oh, all right. And he says, Great is your merit. A peach is your just due. And now there's no more peaches. So no one else needs speak and let's go on with our banquet like civilized people, right? Oh. But guess who guess who arises next? Is it the third hero? Yes, Gu Yi Zai arose. His eyes started from their sockets and he shouted with a loud voice. Once when the Duke was crossing the Yellow River, wind and waters rose. A river dragon snapped up one of the steeds of the chariot and tore it away. The ferry boat rocked like a sieve and was about to capsize. Then I took my sword and leaped into the stream. I fought with the dragon in the midst of the foaming waves. Which sounds so fucking awesome. That sounds so badass. (laughs) And by reason of my strength, I managed to kill him. Though my eyes stood out from my head with my exertions. (laughs) That guy's the coolest. Oh, just wait. There's more. God. Okay, keep going. (laughs) Then I came to the surface with the dragon's head in one hand and holding the rein of the rescued horse in the other. And I had saved my prince from drowning. Whenever our country was at war with neighboring states, I refused no service. I commanded the van. I fought in single combat. Never did I turn my back on the foe. Once the prince's chariot stuck fast in the swamp and the enemy hurried up on all sides, I pulled the chariot out and drove off the hostile mercenaries. (laughs) 
Since I have been in the prince's service, I have saved his life more than once. I grant that my merit is not to be compared with that of the prince and that of the chancellor, yet is greater than that of my two companions. Both have received peaches, while I must do without. This means that real merit is not rewarded and that the duke looks on me with disfavor. And in such case, how I may ever show myself at court again. And with these words, he drew his sword and killed himself. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right? No, we can fix this. We can get you a peach. You're clearly the best one. Holy shit. That was the most epic. I fucking deserve a peach speech ever. What? Yes. That was incredible. They should have let him go first. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, the Duke needs to calm it down and listen to everyone first. Yeah. Um. Also, especially if like, if people want the peach this badly, <laughs> like if if it, if it's if it's not really about the peach and it's about like you um mm-hmm. it's if it's a matter of honor and you're standing in the Duke in the the Duke's eyes, the Prince's yes. eyes. Yeah, the Duke Prince. I think that's the interchangeable. Same thing. <laughs> Um, if it's about that and not really about the peach, you should really wait until everybody's had their say. You yep. just lost the coolest guy. <laughs> I agree. Hands down, that is the best one. <laughs> well, guess who also thinks that was the best one? Everybody the other two guys. else. <laughs> Then Gung Sun Zaya rose, bowed twice, and said with a sigh, Both my merit and that of Tian Kai Yang does not compare with Gu Yi Sai's, and yet the peaches were given to us. We have been rewarded beyond our deserts, and such a reward is shameful. Hence, it is better to die than to live dishonored. He took his sword and swung it, and his own head rolled on the sand. Oh, God. Okay. Then <laughs> Tian Kai Yang looked up and uttered a groan of disgust. He blew the breath from his mouth in front of him like a rainbow and his hair rose on end with rage. Then he took his sword in hand and said, we three have always served our prince bravely. We were like the same flesh and blood. The others are dead and it is my duty not to survive them. He thrust the sword into his throat and died. The duke sighed incessantly and commanded that they be given a splendid burial. A brave hero values his honor more than his life. The chancellor knew this, and that was why he purposely arranged to incite the three heroes to kill themselves by means oh, of two Oh, no. The end. <gasps> the end? <laughs> Isn't that so fucked? That's it? <laughs> yep. That's pretty fucked. <laughs> That's wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Devious. Devious. Devious Chancellor. A F. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot Prince. So stupid. <laughs> oh my goodness. Very dumb. He wanted them to be respectful and die with honor and not die without. Wow. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I, I mean, neither was. Oh man. Huh. I mean, uh, mm. oh, yeah. So your second prediction, I mean, that's wrong. Did I, they, I did they definitely. fight? They kind of fought. <laughs> Not really. They didn't. Well, that's kind of that's why they were tricked. So all three were highly honored by the prince, but the honor paid them made them presumptuous. They kept the court in a turmoil and overstepped the bounds of respect, which lie between a prince and his servants. And that's why the chancellor wanted to mm-hmm. kill them or make <laughs> them kill themselves. At the time, yeah, Yansai was, a, oh yeah, so the Duke consulted him as to what would be best to do and the chancellor advised him to give a, okay, yeah. Oh, so was the prince in on it the whole time to get them to kill themselves? Honestly, I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like it was the chancellor knew that they would all rise. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I'm happy to take the point for sure. It actually kind of reminded me of the Billy Goat's gruff, politically correct version just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I should die. I no. should be the one. 
<laughs> it does. It does sound like that a little bit. Wow. Were they really fighting each other? No. Not Which was my prediction. Really? I mean, they were all fighting for the peach by yeah. saying what they did. I wish I wish I'd said they died fighting for the peach. <laughs> Cuz I mean cuz that's kind of what I meant as I meant they is like I I I meant they died fighting each other over the peach, but I didn't I didn't say that. Um <laughs> That's true you didn't. I didn't. I yeah, anyway. It's up to you. And since you have not been so kind to me in the past, <laughs> I have been ruthless in the past with my like with my pedantic interpretation of your <laughs> of your predictions. I award you no points. That's fair. <laughs> I was thinking about it as you were saying it. I was like, wait, say it again. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I like I kind of figured like, okay, I'm close because uh-huh. she's asking for like what is the specific wording? <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of a fight. I mean, it's, but they they are not fighting each other, and yeah. that's not why they die. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I, thought, I thought that was so fun. I love that. That was a great story. I though. love this book. It has twist so many ending. great stories. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic twist ending. I loved that. Thank you for that. Me too. Oh, do you have a fix for it? Oh, that's such a good question. I actually didn't even think about that. I wish they all had better stories. I wish the first two had better stories. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> those were the third was so good. A river dragon, ugh, fighting a river dragon to rescue a prince <laughs> is yep. so cool. So I cool. do wish it didn't end so abruptly. I would love to get again just a little more backstory on the chancellor and. Oh yes, I want to know how the heroes had transgressed. Like I. I want to know what they did that was so rude and so disruptive to the court or the princes that the chancellor decided to kill them. That's that's what I want to know. Or get them to kill themselves. That would be really fun. I would love that. Yeah. More detail, please. <laughs> that's that. all these Chinese fairy tales. I just want more. Mm-hmm. More, please. Same with the <laughs> dragon in his winter sleep or after his winter what? sleep. Just, I just want more. I want to mm-hmm. know more about that dragon and where did he go off to? Why did he pick that chest of books mm-hmm. to hibernate? How cute yeah. is a tiny little dragon? I loved that. I uh. loved that so much. All right. Well, we can probably skip fixes for this one because neither of us really had one for our stories. Um, the Demon King is perfect as it is. <laughs> Yep. It's funny. I'm imagining the Demon King is like a made as a Disney style cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining how much we would end up loving the Demon King. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. As the villain sympathizer, sympathizers as the that we are. villain sympathizers we are, yeah. I, I bet they, I bet like, I'm, I'm imagining him having a great song about how yeah, badass and awesome and cool he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They probably would do that. I don't know. Like, one of the reasons why Disney villains, I think, always end up being so great, though, is because they are, like, they are very heavily queer-coded. And <laughs> and I just, like, which means they're just they're just great, and they always end up being, like, relatively sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ursula in particular, I get you. Oh, yeah. She's I great. <laughs> I really love Dr. Felicier in The Princess and the Frog. He's one of my favorite villains. He's excellent. Uh, Just because, I mean, he has my favorite line of all time, which is, you know, power in this world isn't magic. It's money. Mm -hmm. It's money. (laughs) (laughs) He's just trying to fucking make a living. and Mm -hmm. He's just trying to make that green. He's trying to climb that ladder. (laughs) Yeah. Which that's all of us. It's really unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i got him yeah i love it so good so that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for listening to fairy tale fix if you enjoyed the show please subscribe and leave us a review on apple or stitcher it helps people find us and you know encourages them to give us a listen so we Mm -hmm. really appreciate that 
If you love the show and want to support us, you can get extra episodes, merch, books, and other bonus content at our Patreon by signing up at fairytalefix.cash for, you know, three to six bucks a month. You get lots of good stuff. It's pretty good. It's pretty sweet. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fairytalefixpod. We post lots of great fairy tale inspired art by our favorite artists and fun stuff. Um, And also, please email us your favorite fairy tales, folklore, nursery rhymes, and just whatever you want. We just want to hear from you. We love it. At info at fairytalefixpod.com. Translations of folk tales in their original languages that you would like us to have. (laughs) That'd be cool. More of those. It's the best. Thank you so much to everyone who's reached out. We love hearing from you. We do. And uh, yeah, I guess we're skipping the fixes on this one because those were pretty perfect. Perfect. All they needed was more information. <laughs> and most of them lived happily ever, ever after. after. <laughs> <laughs> the the end. end.